بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره اللهم أخلدني من ظلمات الوهن وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزان علومك برحمتك يا أرحم الرحمة الحمد لله بيه توفيق to continue our study of practical wisdom in the Quran we ended with hadith number 1701 from Muntakhab Mizan al-Hikmah or the scale of wisdom which was about al-Hikmatu al-Wallatu al-Mu'min Salamatullah Fakhudh al-Hikmata walaw min ahl al-Nifaq In the previous hadith we had it Fatlubuha walaw عند al-Mushrik and here says فخذ الحكمة ولو من أهل النفاق حكمة is something that مؤمن has missed and is looking for ضالله is when you lose something and you are looking for it take it even from أهل النفاق hypocrites the previous one was from Polites. And as we explained, we said a wise idea can be found everywhere. Good people, bad people, they can have received, they may have received some wise ideas and we should be happy to take it. Of course, uh, if you are a person who can discern and there is uh, no worry of being confused, you can look around and find what is wise and take it. But this is different from having wisdom as a quality. Wisdom as a quality uh, cannot be found with uh, corruption, of the soul or impurities of the soul uh, and inshallah we'll talk about it later the next title here is ma la yanbaghi lil hakime fi'lu hadith 17.02 and 17.03 about those things that someone who is wise should not do it. Okay? These hadiths help us in understanding better what is wisdom, what is hikmah. Because by understanding what hakim is not supposed to do, you can understand what is hikmah. Imam Ali alayhi salam said, Laysa bi hakimin 
من قصد بحاجته غیر کریم The one who refers for his needs to someone who is not honorable is not wise. How do you interpret this? How do you explain this? When you go to someone who is not Karim, who is not honorable, either he doesn't give you or even if he gives you, he takes away your honor. And your honor is the most valuable thing. Hakim is not going to take something more valuable to receive something less valuable. Yeah? So if you are wise, you don't go to people who are mean, people who are uh, not honorable. Because either they don't give you, or even if they give you, they damage your honor and dignity is more important. Okay? In another hadith, Amirul Mu'minin said, لَيْسَ الْحَكِيمُ مَنْ لَمْ Maybe some of you uh, listened to my lectures in Muharram, last Muharram. Last Muharram, a few nights we talked about rationality. And this hadith and another hadith which comes later is, are what we discuss in Muharram. The one who does not do mudara. Mudara means you know how to deal with people that may differ, may disagree with you, and you somehow are able to observe some courtesy, some diplomacy, sometimes some compromise, in order to avoid harm, or in order to secure greater interest. Pardon? Yes. Mudara uh, is very much emphasized in our hadith, mudaratun nas. You have to be able to deal with people in the way that your relation would not be broken. You avoid uh, conflicts and unnecessary tension. So, laysa al-hakim malam yudare is not wise the one who does not observe mudara with those that he must have mudara with them. There are people that you need relation with them. For example, you have a neighbor. He's your neighbor. You cannot, you know, ignore your neighbor. So you have to somehow maintain your relation with your neighbor in a good way. Otherwise, you will suffer. With your family members, with your in-laws, with your colleagues at work, 
with the authorities. The main rule, the primary rule, is with these people that you have to deal with them, you try to observe mudara. Of course, sometimes a secondary rule comes that you need maybe to criticize, maybe you need to stop your relation. But the main principle is mudara. Unfortunately, for some people, the first principle is fight. Fight, condemnation, attack, criticism. If it doesn't work, then they try to be kind and respectful. We have to be opposite. The first principle, the primary rule is to be nice with people. If, even if someone is your enemy, a little mudara, you can reduce their enmity. It's very important. If someone disagrees with you and you manage to a little bit cool down that person, it's a success. And if you make it worse, it's a failure. Don't say he's my enemy. Okay, your enemy, you can keep it as it is or calm him down. Or you can make him more angry. Hakim is the one that observes all the measures. Those who are not Hakim, first of all, they treat everyone who is different as enemy. And then among enemies, there is no rank, there is no degree. Everyone is the same. And for everyone, is the same policy. But Hakim tries to find out who are the people who are different and not enemy. And then among enemies, there are different degrees. And how much we can cool down our relation as much as possible. In a lecture that I mentioned for Milad of the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, here and especially in Birmingham, with our Sunni brothers, you know, we had discussion was in December. So I mentioned this ayah. Remember, we had a methodological point that those verses which relate to mission statement of the Prophet are very, very important. They are absolutely important. And this is a very important methodological point that you have to consider these verses as governing and underlying verses and these shed light on other verses. Even if these verses in statistics, in number, are not many, but these are more important than hundreds of verses that may have come for certain countries. So we were talking about the verses in Surah Ahzab. Ya ayyuhan nabi inna arsalnaka shahidan wa mubashiran wa nadiran wa da'iyan ila Allahi bi'idnihi wa siradan munira wa bashir al-mu'mineen bi'anna lahum min Allahi fadlan kabira 
ولا تطع الكافرين والمنافقين ودع أذان وتوكل على الله وكفى بالله وكيلا very beautiful when Allah is making prophet aware of his mission he doesn't say in your mission you have to fight kuffar and munafiqin. This was not in the mission of the Prophet, mission statement. <coughs> if Prophet had to sometimes go to war, it was imposed on him. This was not in the mission statement. What was in the mission statement? La tuta'il kuffar don't obey them. <laughs> As if there could be maybe a kind of confusion or lack of clarity that we can even obey them. Allah says, La kuffar. And kuffar, of course, doesn't mean non-Muslims. Kufar is, as we have said many times, most of the time is Kufrul Juhud. Kufar means Jahadul Baha Wastaikanatha Anto. Kufar means Abu Sufyan, for example, Abu Lahab, Abu Jahl. Munafiqeen are those who are worse than these people. So, not every non Muslim or every uh, atheist. But even with these people, Allah says, La tuta'il kafar wal munafiq. But what if they annoy you? They may annoy you because they want to either stop you or make you busy. Leave them and they're, you know, when they want to annoy you, leave them. Ignore them. So as much as possible, don't let them carry you away from your mission and divert you. They want to keep you busy, but you have to focus. Yeah? For example, you are a doctor. And there are bad people in that neighborhood. They don't want you to treat ill people. <coughs> they come outside and shout and, you know, make noise. So what you do as doctor? As much as possible, you focus on your work. You ignore them. Let them make themselves tired. But if a time comes that they want to physically stop you, then you have to push them, you know. But as long as it's just words and, you know, propaganda, leave it. That as well. And in Birmingham, I mentioned uh, the example of that follower of Musa, السلام, that was getting angry with people of Pharaoh and fighting and engaging Musa. It's quite opposite. We should not let the other party to 
make us busy and then the leadership becomes busy, then the community becomes busy. That other. Anyway, this is very important. I don't know you understand the significance of this or not. It's very, very important. Because in the end of the day, you have priorities, you have limited time and energy. As much as possible, you have to focus on your work. So, لَيْسَ لَحَكِيمٌ مَنْ لَمْ مَنْ لَا يَجِدُ بُدًّا مِنْ There are people that you have to deal with them. So you are not wise if you don't have good relations with them. You don't try to have the kind of uh, diplomacy with them. Okay, then we go to, yes. Yes. You don't confront. But sometimes they come and physically attack you and you have to defend yourself. So Rasulullah sallallahu had no enmity with anyone. It's very important. He had enemies, but he didn't have enmity towards them. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah is not enemy of shaitan. Shaitan is enemy of Allah, an enemy of human beings. Yeah? In the sense that from one side, you only want good for everyone. Rasulullah is rahmatun lil alameen. Yeah? Rasulullah is a mu'allim. Rasulullah is a teacher. Rasulullah is not a warrior. But if the time comes that he has to defend, he is the bravest person to defend himself and his ummah or innocent people. But it's not in his mission statement that we are sending you as a warrior. Do you understand the difference? So, next hadith is hadith 1703. Uh, I don't know, is the heater off or on? It's off? On? on. Can you? So it's, I feel very warm. Yeah? Yes. Assalamualaikum. Because this discussion needs lots of <laughs> oxygen. Okay. Tafsir al The next. Yes. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, a little is good. Now we have some hadith about interpretation of hikmah. Of course, inshallah, we are going to have today a detailed discussion about meaning of hikmah based on the books. But first I want to review this hadith. We have few hadith here about interpretation of hikmah. 
Hadith 1703. This is a concept that we find in several hadith. That hikmah cannot be achieved and maintained if you go after, you know, pleasures. Physical, thank you very much. Temporary pleasure, instant pleasure. Of course, we have, you know, intellectual pleasure as we discussed in Mahajjitul Bayza. But here we mean lazat means the lower desires that you satisfy to get some pleasure. So the beginning of hikmah is tarkul lazza, to refrain from such pleasures. Wa akhiruha maqatul and the end of wisdom is that you dislike those things that expire. Yes, exactly. It came to my mind as I said. You don't want things that expire. You invest on things that are going to remain. Suppose you are a person who wants to do some business. There are some fields that if you invest for some time, they are good. The demand for them, you make money, but then after some time, they go down. And there are some fields that, you know, if you invest, they will always be on top. They never go down. So where do you invest? You invest where you know that it's going to be always good. Always there is demand for it. Hakim is not investing on the things that don't endure and finish. Yeah? Unfortunately, most of the time, energy, money today in the world is spent on things which are not endurable. Yeah? I told you in Akhlaq several times. This is the time that people look for instant satisfaction, instant pleasure. Everything they like to be instant. But we have to look for something which is endurable. Yes, time is important. We don't waste time. But we are not in rush. We have to see what is more productive, more endurable. In another hadith, Amirul Mu'minin alayhi salam said, Min al-hikmatih Allah tunazi'aman fawqak This is also what we had in Muharram. Min al-hikmatih Allah tunazi'aman fawqak Wala tastadilla man dunak a requirement of hikmah is not to confront those who are above you. Your, I don't know, boss, managers, governments, leaders, elders, parents, don't confront with them. Even if you disagree as much as possible, 
keep relations, uh, you know, good, as much as possible. I'm not saying in all circumstances, but your main principle is to keep relations calm and avoid confrontation as much as possible. And those who are lower than you, they are, for example, under you, working for you, can be your students, can be your uh, employee, can be your children, can be youths, any person who is under you in some categories or working for you, they're under your care, don't humiliate them. It's amazing. Don't fight those who are above you and don't humiliate those who are below. And for those who are then equal, what should you do? Pardon? Then you have to observe both. Because if with respect to those who are under you, you are not supposed to humiliate them, so you should not also humiliate people who are at your level and also avoid confrontation. Don't undertake what you don't have power for it and capacity for it. Undertake something that you can manage. Okay? For example, don't take too many lessons. Of course, I don't think I need to say anyone hear this, but in some places, <laughs> <laughs> they take too many lessons. You know, in Qom, we used we were constantly told by our teachers, don't take too many, because from morning to night, we wanted to study. Okay. So they used to tell, and every lesson is daily, normally. You know, our main lessons, we have five days a week, every day, one hour. So we were told, do dars kame setaziyat. Two is not enough, three is more than enough. It means between two and three. Of course, every lesson was serious lesson. You had to study, you had to do mubahase. And then, if you have extra time, you take other marginal subjects or you teach. But they were saying, for example, not take four dasakharit, for example, between two. So, if you take too much lessons and you are not able to study, you are not able to do mubahasa, it's not. Or if you teach too much, or if you work too much, for example, anything has a measure, anything has a limit. Yeah? Even ibadat has limits. You cannot day and night do ibadat. This world, Allah has created in a way that for everything there is a right measure and balance. Yes? So, Hakim is the one that does not undertake what he or she cannot deliver. It's too much for him or her. وَلَا يُخَالِفَ الْلِسَانُكَ قَلْبَكَ 
It's not wisdom if your tongue disagrees with your heart. There's a conflict between what is in your heart and what you say. If what is in your heart not good and you cannot say it, why you let it be in your heart? Because the most sacred place in every person is your heart. If there are bad things in your heart that you cannot say it, so why you keep it there? Yeah? It's like, for example, there is something that I cannot hold it with my hand because people will, you know, get angry with me. Then I swallow it so that no one can see it. Does that make sense? Anything which is bad, don't let it be in your heart. So, we have to be honest, yes. Yes. So, you have to be really honestly working on yourself. And should not pretend that you are a person who is free from that problem. You know? So, it should be clear that I am not uh, praising myself at the same time that I am criticizing you or... I don't know, giving you my advice that you should improve, but I am not in that position. I have solved my problem. So we have to be very honest. It's very important. Your word and your action also should not contradict. Your heart should not contradict your word. Your word should not contradict your action. So there must be harmony between heart and tongue and action. If you remember uh, when we were talking about Sedq, I think it was second year, about Sedq, we said Sedq is not just to tell the truth. It means there must be harmony between action, words, and heart. It is Sedq. Don't speak about what you don't know. Sometimes people think, uh, this is a very important point. Sometimes people think as long as what I say can be right, it's enough. Maybe unconsciously, you know, they think, I don't say something which I know it's wrong. For example, if you ask me a, a shari question, faqi question, if I know this answer is wrong, I don't give you the answer. But maybe this is correct. So some people, when there is a chance that this might be correct, they say, say Inshallah, it is correct. But you cannot take risk. Whether you know it is wrong or there is a chance that it might be wrong, you should not say it. The same is things that we receive about people. If someone tells us something, 
it's not enough that you don't have evidence against it. Even if you don't have evidence against it, as long as there is no proof, you cannot share it. Even if there is proof, you cannot share it with everyone. Because it becomes graver. There are cases that we may need to share with someone because we want to solve the problem. But we cannot share definitely anything which is not proved. But unfortunately, this is a common problem. That people think we don't tell lies, but if there is a chance that something might be true, it's okay. There is a, a saying in Arabic, I don't know it's hadith or it's a method. I have to check. It says, Kafa bil mar'ikizban an yuhadditha bi kullima sami'ah. It's hadith, huh? Yes. It is sufficient for a person to be counted as a liar if he says whatever he hears, whatever he receives from people, he relays to other people. This is enough to make you a liar. So you don't need, in order to become a liar, you don't need just to tell 100% lies. Even think that they might be not correct, you should not tell. So these are all hikmah. وَلَا تَتْرُكِ الْأَمْرَ عِنْدَ الْإِقْبَالِ وَتَطْلُبَهُ عِنْدَ الْإِدْبَارِ One of the things that Hakim should observe is that everything has a proper time. الْأُمُورُ مَرْهُونَةٌ بِأَوْقَاتٍ Yeah? Everything has a proper time, a peak time. Okay? You should be finding what's the best time. Unfortunately, sometimes when it's the right time for doing something, we don't do it. And when the right time passes, we wake up and we want to do it. It's not going to work. Something that, for example, I think parents need to know is, for example, about children. Children, when they are very, very young, they have great respect for their parents. Actually, at the beginning, they think you are their Lord. Yeah, as we have in Hadith, that whenever you promise your children, keep your promise because they look at you as their Lord, as the one who gives them rest. Then, from Lordship, you come down. Okay? Then for them you become like a prophet. Then you become a great role model. Then you become a respected person. Then a time comes that you are not even as valuable as their peers. They respect more their peers than you. 
Of course, I'm not saying everyone, but this is the way that in many cases things go till then they realize what's the proper attitude. But gradually they go to this procedure many times. So when still you have that high position, you see your children imitate you. They come to you. They don't want to leave you. They don't let you, I don't know, eat, study, go out. Always they want to be with you. That's the time for tarbiyah. But unfortunately, that time normally we are busy with making money or doing other things. And then when it reaches the time that they don't respect us that much, then we want to force ourselves on them. That's the time that actually you have to be patient and a little bit let them to be free, but from distance control them. So when is the time for remote control? You want to control them closely. That's not working. When was the time to be closely working with them? You left them. So this is very important. Hakim knows when is the time of Iqbal and Edbar. At the time of Iqbal, he does things. When there is Edbar, Edbar means they are, uh, you know, things are turning their back to you. It means it's not proper time. For example, now we have, alhamdulillah, our academic year. We have classes, we have teachers, we have the students. If you don't study, then when the term finishes, you say, I want to study now. But where is teacher? Where is class? When Sheikh Shumali was telling you to study and do mubahasa, you didn't do it. A time would come that you might say, oh, I wish I... That's not working. So, everything needs careful appreciation of proper time. There are times, even in tablir, there are times that there's so much noise. Sometimes you have to keep quiet. When everyone is busy, you keep quiet. When they become tired, then you can stop. So, <laughs> you have to know the best time. Okay. We go to next hadith, which is, I, uh, because to save time, I go to hadith 1708. So, two hadith, I leave it for your own study. It's from Imam Qasim, alayhi salam. Because Luqman had Hekman. So it was said to Luqman, Tell us something that can summarize your Hekman. If you want to give us an inclusive description of your Hekman. 
لقمان سید لا اسألو اما کفیتو ولا اتکلف ما لا یعنی I don't ask for something that I don't need either I have enough or in future I will get it sometimes we ask for the things that we don't need either asking in the sense of asking question or either asking for some hajat request that we don't need second I don't trouble myself by engaging in something that doesn't relate to me doesn't matter to me so if you don't need something and it doesn't relate to you leave it because you have to manage your energy your time there are many things that doesn't matter to us it is said that they told someone in a village that your neighbor's cow has delivered said it's none of my business they said no now he has milk and they will have extra milk and they would give you milk then he said it's none of your business <laughs> So there are many things that we talk that is not our business. We should not you know, spend our time and energy on finding these things. So this is Luqman al-Hakim summarizing his hakim. Then we go to Hadith 17.09 in the section Ra'sul Hikmah What is the fountainhead or foundation of Hikmah? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Ra'sul Hikmah Makhafatullah Having fear God-fearing taqwa, fear of God is the fountainhead of Hikmah because here means you observe Allah's will I am very much impressed by this passage in Munajat al-Sha'baniyya there are lots of beautiful passages there but about khawf ilahi الحقني بنور عزك الأبحث فأكون لك عارفة أو حتى أكون لك عارفة وعن سواك منحرفة ومنك خائفا مراقبة يا ذا الجلال ولك أو الله please let me join الحقني let me join the most joyful lights 
of your dignity. So that I would be RF for you. Because if you join that light, then you would know him properly. And then I would deviate from anything other than you. Yeah? If you get to the source of light, you would not be interested in darkness. And I would be fearful from you and moraqib, monitoring myself. So this shows that khawf here is a matter of muraqaba. It's not a matter of negative fear. You know, there are two ways that khawf can work. Sometimes I am afraid of someone because that person is dangerous. So I have fear because a harm may come from that person to me. Sometimes I feel safe about that person, but I have fear that I may do something wrong in presence of that person. You understand? Imagine if they give you a very unique and exceptional manuscript. See, this is the only copy in the world. Be very careful. Then you have fear. If it drops from my hand, what is going to happen? If I am going to turn, you know, you say, no, please keep it yourself. You know, I just look at it from distance. <laughs> I don't want to be damaging the only copy available in the world. Yeah? Or, for example, if you are in front of a person that you love a lot and you are worried that you may say something, you may do something. You know, this fear is not fear from that person. This fear is from you doing something wrong. You understand the difference? So, The fountainhead, the foundation of hikmah is that you have this kind of fear that you don't want to do anything that would be displeasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you know Allah is perfect, Allah is the purest, and you don't want to do anything wrong, which would be then put you in a conflict with Him. We go one hadith, uh, we skip one hadith, we go to the other one, 1711. Another thing which is fountainhead of hikmah is rafq. Inna rafqa ra'sul hikmah. Rafq. Moderation. Moderation is also very important. No place for excess or extreme or harshness rafq and you know rafiq is the one who is a good friend because he has rafq with you he doesn't make you tired you know if you are traveling together if you are good friend and good companion you 
help me, you give me joy, and you don't, you know, trouble me or, you know, make me work harder than I can, you know. You observe moderation and kindness with me. This is Rafiq. Hassuna Ula'ika Rafiqa. Under you know, Salat al Mustaqim, you have Nabi'in, Shuhada, Siddiqin, Salihin. Because they are very moderate and kind with you. If in dunya you travel with Rasulullah, suppose you are climbing a mountain with Rasulullah, and he has been going up and down, and you this is your first time. Is Rasulullah going to be Rafiq with you or no? He says, you have to come, you know, no matter, you know, it's your first time and it's my hundredth time. Definitely Rasulullah is going to be moderate and kind and considerate with you. Okay? The same is for Akhirah. For Akhirah also, they are considering people's capacity. You know, we have hadith in Usul Kafi about Darajatul Iman and how people who are in higher rank should observe the capacity of people who are in lower rank is very important. You as a teacher, as a trainer, as an elder, as a parent, might be in a higher position. Your role is to help them rise, but not to pressurize them. You should understand their situation and little by little it's not that you give up. There's a difference between giving up and between being moderate and kind and considerate. So we have to help people to rise. But if you want to throw them to air, it doesn't work. You have to uh, give them good company and make this journey for them easy. Yeah? And perhaps this is one of the reasons why prophets were normally shepherds. Because if you learn how to be moderate with animals, then inshallah later also <laughs> you would have enough patience <laughs> to cope with People in different capacities, yeah? Of course, sometimes dealing with animals is easy. <laughs> but at least to begin with, that experience helps you. Amir al-Mu'mini said, Ra's, Hadith 17, 12. رأس الحكمة لزوم الحق وطاعة المحق. Very beautiful. If you remember our discussion about truthfulness, we said this is the main value in Islamic ethics: truthfulness. To commit yourself to the truth. 
And someone who is true, someone who is right, obey him. You know, we can do two things. To accept and acknowledge the truth or to ignore and fight the truth. Which one is better? Some people think, I only acknowledge my own interests. And I manipulate the truth so that I get what I want. But this has never worked in the history. No one can have long-term success by ignoring or fighting the truth. It's like a person who is ill and thinks that he becomes healthy by ignoring his illness. If you don't acknowledge your illness, you don't become healthy. The same thing is in any area in the life. If I have a problem with my wife, with my neighbor, with my colleagues, with any person, any group, any organization, any religion, I have to find out the truth. Not that I insist on what I want. You can insist forever on what you want and then you get nowhere. You can try to find out the truth and commit yourself to truth. This will solve your problem for the long term. Any other way has no success in the long term. It's like illness that you ignore it. Okay, illness remains, maybe grows, maybe will kill you. So wisdom requires to be committed to the truth and obey those who are right. Ta'atul muhab. It's very important. If we achieve only this one, then we have all the virtues. Because all the virtues come from this point. And as you remember, we said, even we are not supposed to just acknowledge the truth when we know it. We should seek the truth. We should be restless unless we find the truth. Yeah? It's a sign of movement. Then we have a section about Mayurathul Hikmah. Here, there is emphasis on resisting against your lusts and appetites and lower desires and having ascetic life in the sense of not being attached to worthy pleasure too much. Uh, I To save time, I don't mention. Let me see. I'm not sure. Yes, this is what I'm sure. Yes. Uh, we, we take a little break and then inshallah we continue. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alam.